Thank you for joining us for this week's message from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. Each week we share thought-provoking and life-changing teachings on topics that are important and relevant to you in your life. We hope that you will be encouraged by our weekly podcast and will tune in regularly. Now let's join the First Christian Church of Great Bend for this week's message. So this morning we're going to talk about difficult conversations and having difficult conversations. Before I do that, and I ran off. Is my, did I bring my cup of water up here? Yeah, it's hiding. Sorry, this mask makes me thirsty. Anybody thirsty? Want a drink? As I said earlier, I said, you know, giving talks. Friday I delivered a talk for what we're going to, for online today. And have you ever given a talk with nobody in the audience? As a speaker, you feed off the audience and you kind of gauge them, read them. And today I'm looking at you with masks on. Most people are some not, but I can't tell if you're smiling and liking what I'm saying. <laughs> or do you think I'm just wrong? <laughs> so here's how we're going to fix that. If, if, you, if, you, if you're smiling, I want you to do this. <laughs> That's going to be awesome. I expect somebody to do that before I'm done today. <laughs> If you don't like it, do this. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about difficult conversations and getting a little help from God. And I talked about this in a Facebook Live message a couple months ago, and it really, I could tell it just struck some nerves and struck some hearts and minds, and people will send me messages, text me, call me, whatever it might be. Because we're living in a crazy world today. Is that not correct? I mean... Raise your hand if you agree. Although I would say, I said last sermon, I said, we think it's crazy now. Can you imagine living in the Revolutionary War? <laughs> so it's definitely better than what our great-great-grandparents may have gone through, right? But for us and our experiences, this is as, probably as crazy as it's gotten. And it creates some agitation. There's this underlying current in society today. People are a little agitated, have some anxiety. The fear of the unknown, right? And so it creates these tensions in work environments and family and homes. And then on this crazy space they call Facebook or social media. You're looking at a guy that used to be a keyboard mutant ninja, keyboard typer that would engage in the craziest conversation you've seen. And you know how much I solved there? Zero <laughs> made it worse. It took me a long time. It took me way too long to figure that out. Difficult conversations don't happen on the internet. They don't happen in emails. They don't happen on social media. They happen when I go to you and we begin to have a face-to-face -face conversation with our heart and minds completely open to the better possibility of what could happen. Correct? Amen? problem is no one ever taught us how to do that. Did anybody teach you that in first grade, sixth grade, freshman, senior, college, vet school, whatever it might be? Any professor ever teach you that? If you did, I would like to know their name because I would call them. Anybody have anybody teach them how to have a difficult conversation in the academic world? Nothing against the academic world. You're looking at a guy whose mom taught for like 40, 40 years, Hall of Fame teacher. My sister's a teacher, long line of teachers. I love teachers. So don't get me wrong. But most people never teach us how to do this. 
So consequently, we engage in these difficult conversations, and we don't know what we're doing, right? And they go from bad to worse to ugly to even divorce. I've been there. Right, Karen? <laughs> Nell's version 1.0 wasn't a very good husband. We're still married, thank God. Never quit, right? Never, ever quit. Winston Churchill, never, never quit. So anyway, my, some of my struggles began in about 2007, 2008, Thanksgiving Eve. I forgot to check my watch, Josh. What time did I start? 9.48? Okay. And there's some things going on in our clinic, and I'm hard charging, hard pushing, and I'm not in the clinic, and Joe calls me and said, hey, there's some issues. And so I said, get everybody rounded up. When I walk in that door, we will solve that problem. And I walk in through the door, and I round it up, and I start hollering, screaming, get this done. we got to get along. You can't have these issues. Amongst that in Nell's version 1.0, you can imagine there were probably some choice words that our good Lord did not like either. Turned around from that conversation, and I turned around and left, which... No good leader ever turns around from that conversation and leaves, right? Well, I wasn't a very good leader then. Turned around, walked, walked out the back door, and I closed that back door, and I was standing outside, and I was like, hmm. that did not go how that was supposed to go. My mother would whip my rear for how that went. That was the point in time when I began to realize I was the problem. And I had to create the solutions. And I was terrible at having difficult conversations. So we're going to go through several key points of having difficult conversations. And I'm, we're going to talk about several. So what I want you to think about is, as I go through these points, is there a difficult conversation that you've been avoiding that you need to have with a loved one, with a friend, with a mentor, a coworker, whatever it might be? And I want you to think about that. And I want you to think about these points we're going to talk about and maybe how they can guide your thought process in having that. Can you do that? <laughs> Where's my phone? Let's do a selfie or something. First point is showing extreme grace, of which I was very bad at. That person right there and that person right there taught me a lot about grace because I was not very good at it. But when you have a hard conversation, if you don't extend grace from the first word out of your mouth, what's going to happen? They're going to throw up this wall, right? And conversation's over. And for me, hard-charging, very aggressive grace just really wasn't in my vocabulary, even though my grandmother was named Grace. Beautiful woman, extended grace to many. Pastor Josh shows up in Great Bend, Kansas, and starts talking to us about grace. And I'm like, he's talking to me. Gosh, he's talking to me. I've got to get better at this. Can we get an amen for Pastor Josh showing up in Great Bend, Kansas? <laughs> How about this? Come on, everybody. <laughs> We've got to show grace. Let your speech always be grace, gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Can you think of a time when it was not filled with graciousness and salt? Yes. I still do that today some. The next point is respect. And I tell this to younger people all the time because I'm just surrounded with young people. And as, as an older person, we all can think of 
conversations we've had with a younger person that we felt like, hey, you know, I've kind of been there, done that. Show me some respect for that. You deal with a hard-charging younger person, especially that's somebody like a partner or an associate veterinarian, and they're kind of pushing you, pushing you, and you're like, hey, would you just back off? We've been there, done that. Listen to me. Show me some respect. You've got to extend respect to that other person. I don't care about the age, because if we're disrespectful in any conversation, what again happens? That wall goes up conversations over, even though words are still coming out of your mouth. Always show respect. Next is just simply being kind. And in this world today, kindness has seemed to somewhat disappear in many aspects, right? Yes? Especially social media. Twitter, it's just destruction. But when we go into a difficult conversation, we've got to be kind because Proverbs 10, 12 says, hatred stirs up conflict, but lover, love covers over all wrongs. So if we go into that conversation, we're mad. Have you ever done that? that conversation isn't going to go as well as you want it to go. Hatred stirs up that conflict, and so you have to have love for that other person to cover all the wrongs. Being kind, as our grandmother, as our mother would ask us to do, would make them smile wherever they may be at. I talked about respect and being kind and grace. It also comes in a difficult conversation, maybe with a parent. Anybody ever had a difficult conversation with your parent? Grandparent? Well, they call this the powdered rear syndrome. Anybody ever heard the term powdered rear syndrome? The powdered rear syndrome means if somebody powdered your rear as a baby, when you're 20, 30, 40, they probably don't want to hear from you when you're 20, 30, 40 and telling them what to do. You're shaking your head, yes. My dad does not want me to tell him, hey, man, I think you got to think about this a little differently. So if you're going to engage in that conversation with your parent, you need to show them the utmost respect and say, hey, I know you've been there, done that, you've done a lot of things. I know you've had some terrible trials and tribulations that have given you a mindset and where you are today, but can we talk? Because I love you. I care about what's going on here. Be kind. Next up. Deflecting inwards with humility. As I routinely tell people, this is something I have to work on all the time because my parents taught me to be very, very proud, but typically when you're very, very proud externally, Rachel may think I'm arrogant. That's just how it works. But when you're going to have a difficult conversation, that deflecting inwards with humility is... God asking us 
to confess to how we messed up in the situation, right? Typically, if we're engaging in a difficult conversation, we have part of it. We have probably messed something up as well to reach point B to where we're at. So when you're having that difficult conversation, say, man, I, I messed this up too. I'm also part of the problem. It's not just you, it's me as well, and I messed this up, and I'm taking full responsibility for that, and can we please have this discussion? Whether it's with your child, like I do with Nash and McKenzie routinely, because I mess those up routinely. Or my wife. I, this is my part, and I'm sorry. I take full responsibility for that. Be humble. Because if you are humble in that conversation, you know what it does. Again, it opens up their heart to receive the message you're about to deliver. We've got to open their heart to be able to want to listen to us and the message we're going to deliver. Because if we don't open that heart and that heart is closed, the well that goes down into that heart, that well is closed and they will not hear a word. Deflecting inwards with humility. Apologize. I said that briefly there, but you've got to learn to apologize. <clears throat> How many times have you had a, a bad thought in your mind and you know you've got to have a difficult conversation with someone, you, you know you had a part in it, and you're willing to own up to that part in it, but you just can't say, I'm sorry. Who's been there? That's our mind, that's our ego, might be some arrogance, whatever it is. I had one of my mentors teach me the word ego, although I'd heard the word ego for years, but about two years ago he was talking to me about ego and teaching me ego, getting over myself, and being able to say, I am sorry. If you can swallow your pride and say, I am sorry. I had this great veterinarian working for me one time here a few years back, and he, he kind of manipulated the schedule so he could go hunt right before Thanksgiving. And it irritated me, irritated my partner. I went to him and I said, hey, man, we don't do that. If you want to change the schedule, you need to come to me or Dr. Ty or Jill in my office. Talk with them on what your plan is. We're more than willing to accommodate you, but don't just go in and switch things around because it's there for a reason. Although I, pro I had a few more select words, if you can imagine. This guy was about 6'3", large man, part of a teddy bear. Father's dead, brother's dead. Great wisdom. And I... You know how that went. Wasn't good. I could tell it wasn't good. I could read his body language yet I kept kind of talking. So I couldn't apologize right there because my ego wouldn't let me. So finally, two days later, I'm like, I got to apologize to this young man. He's a great guy, and I can't let this go. So I went to him and said, Nick, I'm sorry. That didn't go how I wanted it to go. When you do those things, those people, their heart, their mind opens up to you well beyond that even conversation. It goes way past that conversation to the next year, the next year. When you do that, those people never forget that this person disrespected me and he had the ability to come say, I'm sorry. Can I get an amen? 
And maybe you've waited too long to have that conversation. We can't wait too long. But having the conversation takes intent, energy, and requires suffering. So that's why our mind pushes us away and we run from the adversity. We run from the conversation instead of being intentful and running towards the difficult conversation. Accept that it's going to be hard and that somebody's going to suffer. Both probably will suffer. When you do it, apologize. Next up, forget your lesson teaching mode. How many times have you had that thought in your brain when you're going to have this discussion? I'm going to have a discussion with Josh because he has irritated me, and I'm going to teach Pastor Josh a lesson. Who has had that? I am going to teach you a lesson. Well, I got news for you. I got news for myself because as I tell people, when I get up here and talk, these are all just continual self-reminders because I'm a slow learner and I always just commit the sin again. Forget that lesson teaching mode because if you've ever done it, you've probably left that conversation feeling more angry. Who's done that? You solved nothing. You thought, I'm going to teach them a lesson. You go, I'm going to teach them a lesson. I'm, ah, ah, mm, mm. And you leave and you're still mad. You've got to forget that lesson teaching mode. And you know what mode you've got to get in? It's called the helping mode. So if you're going to have a difficult conversation, forget that lesson teaching mode. And if I'm going to have one with Rachel, I'm going to go to her because I want to help her. I want to help that person in this situation. And if you go about it with a humble spirit and a heart of helping someone, they will feel that you're trying to help them. You've got to help them. Forget the lesson teaching mode. What hat are you wearing? What hat is God asking you to wear? So this is very important as I've talked about whether it's with my son or people at work or people in business. You've got to let them know what hat you're coming from. Am I coming to you with my father hat, my mentor hat, my leader hat, my friend hat? Let them know what angle you're coming from because that also lets them open their heart to what you're about to tell them. So I can tell people, I had this conversation a number of years ago with a young man that was about 30 at the time, but when he was about seven, I was teaching him to mow. When he was nine, I was teaching him how to, how to drive a tractor because his father couldn't do it because of arguments, whatnot. Fast forward several years later, now I'm his veterinarian, and he's texting me, and he's texting me not how I really like, and it's not very courteous. It's very demanding. I had to sit down with him and his grandfather and say, hey, we're going to have a difficult conversation. I'm going to wear my friend hat. I'm going to wear my hat that you knew a long time ago when I taught you how to mow. And I began reading him back his text, and he then realized how demanding he was and how non-courteous he was. But the key to that conversation was I wasn't coming at him as his veterinarian. I was coming at him as a friend. And that helped save the relationship, save the client. Rather than me demanding as a veterinarian, hey, you're being kind of rude, dude. Why don't you, you know, chill out and be a little more courteous? It changes the conversation. Let your people know what hat you're wearing. If you're going to have a difficult conversation, you're thinking about that difficult conversation you've got to have, let them know what hat you're wearing. What hat do you need to wear? Okay? Second to last, setting the stage and having the conversation. 
This is the second best thing. I used to say this is the first best thing that you've got to say. I used to say this is the very best thing, but it's the second best, very, very, it's the second best thing you can do. It's just simply letting them know before you engage in the conversation, hey, we're going to have a difficult conversation. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry I've waited too long to do this. I've procrastinated. It's bothered me. I'm not sure exactly how to do it. But we're going to have a difficult conversation. And we can't get upset. No one can yell. No one can get mad. We need to be able to have open minds and open hearts and tell us each other our differences. And nobody can leave until we're done. Set the stage. Let them know what's getting ready to happen because that starts to open their heart. We're opening their heart so we can dig down into that well of their heart and reach in, grab that bucket, pull it out, and make a difference, right? That's what we're trying to do because that heart, it's that well. Reach in, pull it out, make a difference. It's the very best thing you can do. I'm, I'm sorry, the second best thing you can do because... The next best, the, the number one best thing you can do that I've never said until Friday night is go to God in prayer. Before you ever engage in that conversation that you know is going to be difficult, that you might be nervous about, that you might even have some anxiety about, we have to go to God in prayer, right? Can I get an amen? How about this? I didn't do that for the longest time. But several years ago, I started doing that. Please, God, give me the words of wisdom. Bring me the discernment in my heart. Let the words come out of my mouth that will be appropriate, that will be kind, that will be gracious, that will be humble. Please, dear God, let this conversation go as you want it to go. You guys are probably much more God-fearing person than I have been in my life. I've grown on my path with God, and I didn't do those things until the last several years in terms of difficult conversations. But as many as you prayer warriors know, like my mother who prays like a crazy woman, knows that when you develop that prayerful relationship and you go to God and ask him for those words of discernment, words of wisdom, it just changes what happens, right? It just changes what happens. And as Pastor Josh teaches us, Words create worlds. We're living in this crazy world where lots of words are being spewed out and it's creating some worlds. So those of us that have great words to say and positive words to say, we need to start influencing those with great words of wisdom and discernment. God is calling us to do this. He's calling us to get better at it because words determine direction. Words invite resistance or open hearts. Words convince or deceive Words cut or heal. Words inspire or discourage. Words make work difficult or enjoyable. Words elevate your status. I have failed at this time and time again. I have failed recently. Doesn't mean we can't keep working and studying. How do we do this? Studying these seven points of how to have difficult conversations. How is God calling you today to have that difficult conversation that you've put off for a while? 
if you feel that he is calling you to have that difficult conversation today, don't go just have it. Think about this sermon. It's going to be online. Listen to it again. Extend grace. Extend kindness. Be very respectful. Deflect inwards. Apologize. Let them know what hat you're wearing. Let them know you're going to have it. And lastly, go to God in prayer. Go to God in prayer. I know you can do that. Amen. Will you guys join me in prayer? Father, we come to you this morning, and um, there's a whole lot of things that Nell said that we needed to hear, uh, especially given this heightened world that we live in with people um, being very anxious, people responding negatively um, with the election and all that stuff coming around the corner. The truth is, is um, we just try to avoid hard conversations, or we just get into big arguments that just don't do anything but make matters worse. So, Lord... Um, Help us to internalize the wisdom that was given to us today. Help us to think about those conversations that we've been putting off for years and and actually have the courage to go out and and have those conversations so that things will get better. Because ultimately what hard conversations are all about is setting us free, setting others free, helping others and helping ourselves become who you have created us to be. So, Lord, um, we ask that you would give us that wisdom, that direction, And we ask this all in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You are invited back next week for another life-changing message from the First Christian Church of Great Bend, Kansas. Please check out our website at www.fccgbk.com. That's fccgbk.com. May you have a blessed week.